Move together, middle of summer, look in my eyes, tell me it's real, chasing the money, I'm all alone, I'm on the phone, closing the deal, run to the fire, follow your heart, tell me right now. Welcome to the Jack Hammer Podcast. Tonight, I got a very special guest for you guys, but before we jump into the podcast, why do we call it the Jack Hammer? Well, the answer is very simple. A jackhammer is someone we believe who doesn't take no for an answer, who believes you find a way or make a way, who likes to think outside of the box, and who does not quit until the effort is greater than the benefit. And boy, my guest epitomizes that tonight. Fred Joyal, <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Excited to be here, Meyer. It's really an honor and a privilege, everybody, to have him. I, I'm going to jump right into this because that's what I'm like, because Fred... Uh, book, which everybody has to have, in my opinion, is all about being bold, okay? And his latest book is Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days. But the big deal about that is that he was never bold. He had to teach himself all this. Now, according to what I'm reading, and I'm going to tell you all that I'm going to let Fred share his journey, because his journey is urgent for everybody out there, I believe, to not just listen, but, but to act on it in whatever journey they want to do, okay? So it said that Fred started out as very shy, timid, t- t- too timid, if you can believe this, to even make a phone call. I have a quote, Fred, from what's called your best friend. I'm going to use that quote. Mr. Gary Biller, I hope, or Billier. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Gary. I apologize if I'm wrong, okay? I'm not good at pronunciation, obviously. So Gary said, I knew Fred when he was painfully shy, but he always followed the principle that he would face and conquer his fears. He figured out how to be bold and also how to teach it. And he has, and he has had a great life because of that. So Fred, the key thing is, and Fred, by the way, everybody here, just so you guys all should know how powerful my guest is and how you all got to listen. Fred is the one that created 1-800-DENTIST, which is apparently in in 30 years, has generated over a billion in revenue, number one. So remember that, guys. But Fred never started that way like everybody else. Like all of us. Fred, how do you go from all, you know, what your friend said about you, the shyness, the fear, the fear to make a phone call, to share with us the journey to to write the book Super Bowl? How does that happen? Uh, you know, it painfully slowly in my case, uh, it just took a really long time. And that's part of why I wrote the book is to, to show people that it, you can really accelerate the process. I compressed all the, the decades of, of learning into how you can really transform yourself in 90 days and then have a system to become bolder and bolder for the rest of your life. Right. So, but it, but it was just, I got really frustrated with missing opportunities, uh, hesitating and, and fun disappears and, and uh, relationships and, and uh, good jobs and all sorts of things. And I, and I was the one holding myself back all the time and I knew it and I knew I had to figure out how to stop. And I, so I emulated bold people, even though it was really uncomfortable to do so. And gradually, I, I just got more and more comfortable. And I realized all the fun stuff and all the good stuff happens when you venture out into your discomfort zone. So well, that's what happened. This sounds like a cumulative thing because you emphasize and I appreciate that and respect that. And you're so right. 
Everybody has to understand that it takes time and consistency. But was there pivotal moments? Was there, was there something that happened bad or good in your life or circumstances or events or people that gave you a kick, you know, where and said, this is not for me anymore? Oh, you know, there were I stacked a lot of them. But then but but a few of them just sort of got to me. Uh, you know, a lot of times it happens with a relationship. You you miss out on that person that you really want to meet. And it was this this woman that I knew and we had been friends for a while. And I had this there was a moment where I knew I could have change the dynamic of it, you know, uh, said I was really interested in, in a relationship. And I hesitated because I didn't, I, I didn't want to be rejected. And I didn't want her to say, oh, you know, I really just see you as a friend. I had heard that before. So uh, I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't step up. And years later, I found out she had moved on, of course, and, and gotten married and everything. But she told me, she said, I was really interested in you at the time, but you never spoke up. Oh, my God. I was like, and, yeah. And when that, you heard that, that, did that crush anything? Well, it, it, what it, it, it said, oh, that was one of those, okay, never again moments. And, of course, you can't, it, is, it doesn't work that way. You'll find another thing where you hesitate. Right. But yeah. I do it less and less and less all the time. And I, and I know that, that the voice in my head that's telling me what's going to go wrong that I don't have to listen to it. And because and how many I, years ago this happened with this woman? Uh, you know, this was, this was in my twenties when right. it happened. Uh, and it, and it gradually, I, I started to, you know, I've, I've been married a couple of times to two terrific women. Uh, I've had great relationships, but I can meet anybody. I can walk up to anybody and have a conversation. It can be Arnold Schwarzenegger, or it could be, you know, uh, a, a supermodel or, or just a really successful person. It could be, you know, Elon Musk. I'll walk up and talk to him and have yeah. a normal conversation with him. And, trust that I can do it, but it takes practice. You have to start slow and small. I mean, the whole book is designed with exercises that you do that start non-verbally that start so basically that you're just, you're not at risk. You're just trying stuff and you're feeling a little uncomfortable, but you're, you're realizing this isn't so bad after all. Right, and and right. you just get more and get crazier and crazier after as time goes well, on. This, and you realize- is, I just want to stay, stay on this because this is so critical what, what you're all about because you know, we both know, Fred, that people can have all the dreams and all the ambitions and all the passion they want, but if they if they get in their own way, so to speak, and, and, and can't go out and figure out or even muster the the energy to do it or try to do it whether they fail or succeed it's all for nothing and it gets extremely frustrating life so how did you because you were in that hole so to speak you were in that position that yeah. you kept you know that you couldn't do whatever you wanted to do but was there a moment i just trying to understand so it becomes more relatable for me and anybody was there was it accumulative did you wake up one day? I know maybe I'm exaggerating. Did you did you did you did you get a seek for mentor? What could you tell people? So many of us are in that hole. So many of us are are in our own way. One of the things that I've learned to do is just give myself no way out. Just let the I call it letting the door lock behind you. Well, what and does that mean? 
It, mean, it means you're you. Let's say you want to meet somebody instead of hiding in the corner, you start walking toward them. You take that first step and you walk across the room and you hold out your hand and say, hi, I'm Fred. I'd really like to meet you. Right. And you so that's all you, you've prepared that. But you're you're going you're going to the point where if you walk up to them and don't say anything, you're now you really feel like an idiot. And as soon as you do that more and more, you realize that trying, even if it doesn't work out, is just as satisfying as trying and having it work out. And right. so you become very uh, drawn to trying. And right. rather than because not trying guarantees that right. you won't get what you want, and it's, which is it's a purely rational thought. But we have all these irrational thoughts and voices and, and fears controlling right. us. And I just went, OK. And it's, it's important to understand that, you know, being afraid doesn't mean you can't act. It just means you you have to overcome that fear. You have to step through that fear. It's, you know, they always say that courage is not the lack of fear. Lack of fear is insanity, right? <laughs> like, right, right so right. people don't go into battle. I'm not afraid at all. That's those are the courageous guys. No, they're afraid. They just conquer their fear. They they going. overcome it, and then before for a greater purpose. Now that purpose, maybe you want to meet somebody, or maybe you want to chase your dream, or start your business, or quit your job, or or ask for a divorce. Whatever the heck it is, uh, you at a certain point you have to say. I have to give myself permission to have the life I want because I'm the one stopping me. That is to me, the epitome of being bold. You know, does it get to the point where you can't take it anymore that you don't like the life you like and, you, and, and it's called self-preservation that you, you want a better life uh, because you know what you're doing. You're not happy with anyways, and you're going nowhere, you know, and you've maybe you've gotten all kinds of rejections, which everybody gets and, 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 and then, you know, you, you keep saying one more time, one more time, that perseverance or boldness. I find that, you know, that's very difficult because most people probably don't think, not me, it's somebody else. You know, it's Fred. But, but they don't know what Fred went through, the pain and the nightmare and the hell you went through just to get to where, you know, when you started 1-800-DENTIST and all those things, nobody knows. So that's, that's what I'm curious about. Was it just something in your DNA that you just couldn't take anymore. And is it possible for anybody, Fred? It's I, I, the reason I created the book is because I believe it is possible for anyone to continually increase their confidence and boldness, because part of it is learning to reject some of the thought processes that you're clinging to, and also to develop the social skills and the behaviors and a system where you can say, all right, I'm anxious in this situation. What do I do? And I lay out the steps on, of what you do so that you can act. And, it, and it's, like I said, it starts with something very simple. You're going to do exercises just like you're going to work out. If you're going to run a marathon, you don't start by running 26 miles. Right. You start by running two because you're going to paralyze yourself right. trying to run 26 right. and you're never going to run again. Right. So it's about saying, all right, I'm just going to talk to a stranger every day. 
I'm, I'm going to just compliment them and with no hidden agenda, no concern about the outcome. It's like a drive-by. I call it a throwaway compliment. You and just if they look that. at you like you're insane, just keep moving on. Right. And you don't have to realize when you start to realize you don't have to take any of that stuff on. This is what I figured out. I started to analyze what is it that bold people seem to know? And they know that two things. One, most of the time, nothing bad happens. They just roll with whatever the heck it is. But the other thing is they don't they don't need everybody to love them. They don't need every they don't worry about other people's judgments. And they because they know it's they don't know the person doesn't know them or they don't know what's going on with that person. It could be the worst day of their life or they could just have been rejected themselves in some way or they're just a million reasons. So bold people don't take it on. Right. And it's so powerful when you release yourself from other people's opinions. Right, right. Absolutely. And and I guess somebody just has to, for them to move on with their life and, and, and get to a little step closer to whatever they want to do with themselves. It doesn't have to be business. It applies to anything, I would imagine. Like you say, relationships, business, professional, whatever. Uh, they have to get to the point where they're probably fed up with themselves and they have to push themselves out of their own comfort zone, as you would call it, which is not so comfortable anymore at all, really. Yeah, they get more uncomfortable in their comfort zone because right. they realize the clock is running. They, right. they say, oh, my gosh, how did I get to be 32? When did that right. happen? Or 45 right. or 65, right. whatever. And they and they realize that this, this clock has been running. And I'll say most people don't reach their dreams, not because they're too difficult, is because they don't get to them. You got to get to them every day. You got to move in down the field towards what you want every day, because then your brain says, I guess we're going for it. Um, yeah. If you, if you, if, if, imagine if you exercise Myron only when you felt like it. Right. Yeah. Twice a year. <laughs> no, no, that wouldn't work. But what I love about your book is that you lay it out like a workbook almost and people yeah. bit by bit, piece by piece. And it's also it's a habit. Obviously, uh, uh, um, you know, you, you, you've got to be consistent um, for yourself is what you're saying. And I guess yeah. over time, like exercising, the same yeah. physical exercising, you'll, you'll, you'll see gains. I mean, at the very minimum, you won't be where you are. And that's yeah. a step ahead at the minimum, right? Well, then that's what happens is the, the just like if you started to do 10 sit-ups a day and then you'd right. switch to 15 and exactly. 20 and you did it you did it every day you'd be at 100 sit-ups within a, a month which you would never imagine but that's what happens and it's the same thing with exercising your boldness muscle wow. you, you just do stuff every single day and you start to create this feedback loop because the, what happens is it's something positive right smile right. at 10 people a day Nine of them are going to smile back. The other one, it's their problem or right. it's not anybody's problem. And you, you start know, to say, wow, I made nine people feel better today. Absolutely. What and I love it, about what you're talking you crave about, it. what I love about what you're talking about is you put it in such a good context for, for me and my, my listeners, uh, Fred, is that, is that, you know, exercise, if you, you, know, you do a couple of push-ups a day, you keep doing it, you're definitely going to feel a difference in time. I never would imagine, and maybe it's just me, that the same thing could apply to being bold. I just never would. It just, it just, it's just phenomenal listening to it. 
and what, it's just a bit of a relief to that it's possible. It's never too late. Uh, and it, it's it's workable. You don't have to be born. That doesn't mean your end, you know, genes or your DNA or your father or mother or family have to have zillions of dollars. Whatever it is the hell you want to do, uh, you can be taught all this is what you're saying. That's the whole point of the book. Right. And, and it's easier than you think. And it and it it is reinforced by what you do, that. because it's it's a lot of it is just getting out of your head and realizing that you're the one stopping you and you right. just say all right well what if i didn't stop myself what if what if i did this every day and i picked this thing to do every day you'd start to say wow i i, I actually feel better I, I i feel like it's aggregating and it's it is no different and and when I started introducing myself to people, I, I was awkward. I, I, you know, just like if you were learning the violin, Myron, you would not expect it to sound good for the first month. But well, if we bungle one years. social yeah. mistake, we make one social mistake. Oh, we got to crawl back into our shell forever. Oh, and, like something. So a lot of the, the book is talking about how do you create conversations? How do you make somebody else feel like the most important person in the room? How, how, what are conversation mistakes that so many people make? I talk about that stuff because you can eliminate those and accelerate your, yourself on the path because being able to meet anyone is one of the great life skills and that requires confidence and boldness. And it just takes time to develop, but anybody can get good at it. I get good at it. I was terrible at it. I thought sarcasm was the most interesting way to converse, which it's not. <laughs> um, I thought I had to be clever, funny all the time, right out of the gate. You know what? That, that puts a lot of pressure on the other person in the conversation. Sure they just does. met you and you're funny. And now they, 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 now they feel uninteresting. How about just being nice, be interested in them compliment them and 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 the other the other scariest thing for almost anybody no matter how, how do you go from where you came from shy and, and you know, getting in you know being being your own kind of uh, uh um obstacle to speaking in front of thousands of people particularly that's got to be one of the most terrifying just the thinking of it terrifying for for, yeah. for anybody let alone being the building a business or let alone going out and and, and, and and networking with people, you know, everything else you got to do to get to wherever you want to get to, but to speak to thousands of people. Yeah. And it, and yeah. it's because the, it, it's, you don't start with 5,000 people. You start with five, you start with one. If five is daunting and you just realize that you're just having a conversation and that you all people want to see is that you are relaxed and enjoying yourself and that nothing nothing bothers you when you create this confidence within yourself it attracts people to you because your mindset is i belong wherever i am it's a powerful powerful place and it is very attractive to people in that, not in the, you know, relationship sort of way, but just as human beings, we are drawn to these people who are just comfortable everywhere. And that's what, that's what confidence does. I walk on stage with 5,000 people, 
20 things could go wrong. The projector could fail. The mic could go dead. The power could fail in the building. I could trip and fall off the stage. I'm going to use all of it. And they're going to, you know, I've had, I've had most of that stuff happen, but I, I, but I'll give you an example of friend of mine that typifies that everything is a choice and nothing bad happens unless you decide to make it bad. Friend of mine, great speaker. She's on, on stage, breaks one of her high heels. Wow. And now this is, that is the definitive nightmare for a woman, right? To, to have that happen in public anywhere, never mind in front of a thousand people. Right. And so what does she do? Now, now a lot of women, they just run off stage and go like, I gotta, I gotta go find some other shoes. I'll be back or whatever that they're crushed with embarrassment and humiliation. She kicks off her shoes and says, I guess I need to start spending more than 30 bucks on shoes. Ah, and the whole place burst out. Oh, oh they burst out laughing. She does the rest of the speech barefoot. They love her. Why? Because we've all done clumsy stuff or, or, or things have gone wrong. And when somebody rolls with it, we admire them so much because they just we, we just say, why aren't they embarrassed? But that's fantastic. They're not embarrassed at all. And maybe and they're like me. They're human. Yeah. They're human. Yeah. Right. And yeah. And suddenly you go from your way above them to right. you're at their level. Oh, right. she's just one of us. Stuff right. goes Absolutely. wrong for her, but she laughs it off. That, um, and that's, that's I love when that. you learn to do that, you realize you can do that in anywhere. The, the worst things that can happen to you, you can turn them around. You can you can find the good in it, find the humor in it find the the humanness in it and it's like saying it would like oh i would never want to cry in public oh would you would you if you were giving a eulogy would you be embarrassed to cry giving a eulogy for your your mom or your dad that's ridiculous why would you want you certainly wouldn't worry about it then so why would you worry about it ever i've told stories on stage that that because I was on stage it was it was much more moving to talk about it and I I just would choke right up the audience leaned in at that point because they're like wow this is this is so vulnerable he's he's caught himself talking right. about this Fred, and, and nothing to be ashamed of right absolutely on your list of accomplishments and and what you do you which I find interesting and I don't come across this too often in, 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 in the people I talk to as you're, you're, you offer the dating advice or so what is that about? Could you, can you help me on that, please? <laughs> I just, I'm just curious. No, I mean, is, is that part of, uh, of course, uh, I mean, why, why don't you want to be with somebody that, that is a good match for you, which means you got to go through people. This is what most people think is, uh, they think, oh, if I didn't, I'm never going to find anybody. It was like, I live in LA. There's 12 million people here. Somebody's going to like me. Um, and I don't need everybody to like me. And odds are most people aren't going to like me or I'm not going to like them. This is people, they see somebody and from a distance, they have this judgment about, oh, she's so gorgeous. She's so well-dressed. She's so stylish. She's so, look at her laughing. I, you know, she's going to think I'm not interesting. Uh, uh, and they've built all of this around. She must be just wonderful to be with all the they're time. Intimidating. Right. The reality is she could be an enormous pain in the ass. 
Okay. But, but so you have no idea you're, you're from across the room. You've decided that she's perfect. Right. Guess what? And you walk over. I, I have, I have been in situations where within 10 minutes, women that I thought were amazing from 20 feet away, I have no interest in whatsoever, wow. but I found out I went and went, wow, this, this, this person has like, they're 180 degrees from my political beliefs and my religious beliefs and every other darn right, thing. Right. So like I found out. And, and right. once you do that, you realize it's actually, I have to sort through people to find somebody compatible, which is what they're doing. Are you in a relationship now? I am not actually. I am. I am between relationships. <laughs> I'm. I am. I am in. I'm in casual, fun relationships right now. Okay. I just came off okay. a, a long distance relationship, which is yeah. really hard to make work, and Very finally hard. crashed on the hard rocks of COVID. Really, was what right. killed it. Sure, for sure. Because um, we couldn't fly. <laughs> right, right. How does a man like you, with all the things you're going and all the all the business you are, just out of curiosity? How do you find a relationship that matters? Okay. Really? You know, someone, how do you find the time, you know, or the effort? Cause you know, as well as me, everything takes investment of time, no matter what it is, your business, your book, your speeches and your personal life, obviously had COVID hopefully please God continues to wind down a little bit or becomes livable or an endemic versus a pandemic. Yeah. How, how does a man like you, Anybody find, find the time today with everything that's going on to to build something that you know hopefully is mutually meaningful? Yeah, well, a lot of people got too much going on. I've met more than one woman who who was who was great, but they were so busy that they right. basically had time for me once every two weeks. Exactly, and so the the, the relationship has no time to grow. Right. Uh, Right. You know, when you're in college, you know, half half the time you got, right. you got right. time right. off, right? right. Uh, and so it's it's a lot easier. Uh, but I think what what happens is you, you find somebody who finds you interesting and appealing enough, and and that is the same thing that's happening to you. And you both say, "Look, we have to make time for this," and right. and let's because we want to take it to the next level. And, and that's what happened with my marriages is, you know, what my second wife in particular, I, we were, had both had had long single lives before we met each other. Right. And we had, were used to going through somebody in 90 days or something, sometimes 90 minutes, but, you know, but uh, the, the longer we were dating, the more interesting we found each other. And, and that was kind of surprised us both. Uh, that's like, wow, I, I, I still want to see her. I want to see, uh, I want to spend more time with her. Not like, uh, you know, not the arc of like, yeah, right. all right, right. Nah, I've right. lost interest. I found out enough right. about you to find out I'm not yeah. that interested. Right. Uh, right. The, right. the, the thrill is gone or whatever. Okay. And so that it's, it's, you know, it's always hard, but it's, it's who are you going to be in the relationship? Not who are you looking for? is what I find. And, and that's, that's who gravitates towards me is, is people, women who are very, uh, in, I'll use a bizarre term, high quality personalities, you know, they're ambitious, they're smart, they take care of themselves, they, they're compassionate, they, they, they have real values. I, I meet them all the time. And I've had a few of them really like me. And I, I find even though like it didn't work out, I, I found tremendous 
reinforcement that there were great women out there. Right. Right. They just like the fact that we didn't sync up in one way or another right. didn't matter because they're they were great women. Right. Um, right. And that and then and then I would watch them find somebody else and I would say, wow, you you actually found the right person. Good for you. So I'd get encouragement from the fact that they exist right. and encouragement from the that they found somebody. Yeah. So there's still a lot of positive stuff there. Fred, go back to, to, to boldness. How how did the. Uh, the germination, the genesis of 1-800-DENTIST start? What was in your mind? How, how, you know, just so, so people who are looking to start something, whatever, not whatever, whatever today, what kind of thinking, what made you start? Was there a problem? Was there an issue? And, 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 and like, what were the steps? Are you a dentist? No, no, I was an ad man. I was a copywriter in an ad agency. Oh my God. And, uh, and I was really enjoying it, but I knew the career arc was terrible. Uh, cause it's, it, it goes up and up and up, it swoops up to really good money. And then you hit 50 and then it drops off a cliff and you really? can't, yeah. That. Oh, it's, it's, and it still goes on today, but I was watching it happen to the older guys in the agency. And right. I said, I'm, I'm not going to let this happen to me. I, I'm not going to get trapped on this track. Uh, and so, uh, I thought, you know, I'm not that good an employee. <laughs> so, um, maybe I will, uh, start my own business. And I just a friend of mine and I, we both decided to take a shot at something. And so uh, we, we were both young enough and could live on very little money. And uh, how old were you? So we, we started in 85. So I was 31. Okay. Okay. So I had done some stuff. I had worked in a bunch of businesses. I was quite aimless until I got into the ad agency business. Um, and that was when I started to develop my boldness because you had to be bold with your right. ideas, right. Right. which was a good starting place because they right. were teaching me. They're saying like, look, we need a, a we can take a really bold, crazy idea and right. dial it back to something we can use. Right. But we can't take a, an average idea and dial it up to something fantastic. So Absolutely. I started to be very creative and bold, not just in my ideas, but in pitching my ideas. So they would bring me into these pitch meetings as a junior copywriter because I'd, I'd give it to them. I'd give them everything I got because um, I was in love with my idea <laughs> at the time, right. you know? Um, and, and they love me for it because a lot of creative people, like they have the idea, but they don't want to, you know, put it out there. So I was, that was when I was really starting to develop this feedback loop of, of, Hey, when, when I'm bold, the, the rewards come from everywhere. And so, uh, we just decided to try this business. It was, you know, a bold move to just invent a business from scratch. We knew a guy who had the 800 dentist phone number and he licensed it to us and we just beat the streets. We just knocked on doors until we found 20 dentists to go along with it. And I made the ads myself and we ran radio and then eventually TV and it just got bigger and bigger. Uh, and we just learned how to do everything. And then eventually I started doing public speaking based on what we were learning in our business, what they wanted, what dentists needed to know about patient behavior and patient right. desires and how to market and advertise their practices. So I started to get on stage and I sucked, right? I was, you know, but, but somebody let me be on stage and I just got better. So from, they let you suck and that's how you learn. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I, and I, 
had done the thing that I did that helped me so much was I had done improv comedy as uh, you know, I'd taken many, many classes as a school called the groundlings It's a theater called the groundlings, but they have an improv school and they have improv schools all over the country. That's crazy. What made you do that? Um, Cause I would, I would, I was going to their shows and I thought this is really fun to, to watch them do this, to improvise scenes and, and do all of that stuff. Yeah. And I, and I marveled at their ability to do it. And then I saw that they had a school and I thought I'm going to take it. Cause I, I love to take classes. I, I I'll jump in a class for, for anything and always did. Um, and I thought, well, let me take a class and see how this goes. Cause it's harmless to take a class. It's not, right. nobody makes you go on stage. Right. So, right. and I started to, to do the class and realized that it, it's just like the way my book is designed. It starts very simply non-verbally and you build and build your skills over several classes and several years. And suddenly you can walk on stage with three other people, get a suggestion from the audience and create a scene for out of nothing. And once you do that, you and you're relaxed doing it, you're relaxed and energized. It's a this phenomenal state to be in. You realize I just have to trust my brain and relax and I'll come up with something. And if it's not perfect, it's OK. We get a lot of people really get trapped. Perfectionism is an excuse to not act. Bold people don't wait till they're perfect to make a move, to step up, to speak that's, up. That's what I was going to say. You, you stepped up. You tried. Yeah. That was yeah. You tried. Yeah. Em- embrace not being good at it so that you can get good at it. Um, there's a there's a guy who, you know, who said uh, a child never is a title of his book. Actually, his it, no no kid ever learned to ride a bike at a seminar. <laughs> it's you got to do stuff. And I, and I just, I got better. I watched videos of myself and I went, wow, look at all the things I'm doing wrong. And right. And, and then one, now I'm at a point now where I, I can't get wait, wait to get on stage. I, I just emceed this whole event all last week. I I prepared nothing. I would just walk on stage and, and like right before I would improvise. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to say, bring this person up to make a comment after the award was given or whatever. And you know, they, they loved it and I loved doing it. And it, it was just, at no point was I embarrassed. At one point, this, they, this other guy came up and, and I was supposed to introduce this whole video he was going to play. The, the video just refuses to play. So I just, and, and like, so I say, so imagine a video that has this and I start to oh, describe God. what's in the video. <laughs> and, then, and then they go now. like, oh, it's not going to work. And meanwhile, I've done this little jig on stage. It's like I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing vaudeville entertainment, right. Right. which they love. Right. Because they know stuff goes wrong. And as long as I'm rolling with it and the guy while the guy's trying to fix it, it doesn't matter. But the key is that you're rolling with it. The key is yeah. that you're not pretending. The key is yeah. you're the same people in the audience. They relate to you because it's going to happen to them. That, that, yeah. that, 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 that's the beauty. And you also have uh, uh, proved over and over again that, you know, the only way to do it is to do it. You know what I mean? To keep going, to keep trying, to make mistakes. And, and really, there's like, I love how you say the, the kind of a, what was that? A, a combination of, of, of nervousness and exhilaration. It's, it's you, you turn anxiety into feeling energized you want to be in relaxed at your center but fully energized on the outside and that's that's the difference because that's when your brain works 
when you're anxious, it's fight or flight. Your cognitive skills literally get impaired. Uh, and so you're, that's, that's why people have memory problems on stage when they're nervous. It's because that's what the body says. We are in danger, right? We don't need to think about stuff. We need to react. We go all the way into our primal state. And it's, it's because part of us have a lizard. We still have our lizard brain that's out on the African plain right, from 100,000 right. years ago. We have the same physical reaction to psychological danger as we do to real physical danger. The body does the same things. We sweat, the blood pressure goes up, cognitive hills, you know, cognitive skills decrease, mouth goes dry, breathing slows. We hold our breath sometimes because right. it probably meant a lot to hold your breath when an animal was stalking you. I'm sure. I, you but know, it doesn't help at all when you're on no, stage. No, it actually <laughs> makes it a lot worse, but, yeah. but you have to go through all that hell to understand the hell because, you know, yeah. it's so true what you're saying, Fred, because before every podcast, I still get anxious. I still get nervous. I still don't know where to look, where to talk, what to do. But once we get into it, like now, I'm just, I just feel exhilarating, you know, go all night, but all my guests, whatever, because they feed off me. I feed off of them. And the conversations, I hope whoever's listening uh, enjoys it as much as I do. It just, I just become that much richer having met you and talked to you and everybody else I do. You're, you couldn't be, couldn't be more accurate. Let me ask you, what would you say you're talking in front of somebody in their twenties and thirties and they're feeling that what you say, they're certainly not bold. They're certainly nervous and certainly anxious where you were, what would you, what would you say to them? But, but they have, they, 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 they have things that they wanted to do. They're not necessarily happy where they are. Maybe they're stuck a little bit where they are, especially now with COVID that's exasperated everything. What, yeah. what, what could you share with them? Every time that you hesitate and miss an opportunity, think about it. Think about what you told yourself to stop you and ask yourself, is that really true? Or what else could have happened? I'll give you a, a perfect example of it, that, that this is actually what you can do. Um, uh, my cousin's daughter, we were, we were at a dinner in this really nice hotel. It was a whole bunch of us. It was actually at Christmas time. And the chef came out and wanted to talk to one of the people that, who she was working in PR. And, and so he wanted to talk to one of my other cousins. And my cousin's daughter, Hope, is she is just starting to go to pastry school at Johnson oh, and Wales, so, which is which is a great school. Uh, and and I said, Hope, you should go talk to the to the chef. And, and she panicked and she started to back away from me like I was going to make her do it. Like, and, and she just, whatever happened, she had a visceral fear reaction of just walking over Is that and obvious? talking to the chef. Wow. And, and I, and I watched and I knew there was nothing I could do and nothing I could say in that moment because it was too much. It was an overdose for her. But after I said, let's talk about that hope. Let's talk about what you told yourself versus what's much more likely to be true. He wasn't, if you walked over and said, hi, I'm Hope, I'm going to pastry school, he would not have said, get out of my face, right? He would have said, oh, here's, here's all the things he could have said. Oh, that's interesting. 
did you like the desserts that the, that we prepared for? Oh yeah, they were so interesting, so well designed. Would you like to come back and tour the kitchen and see how we do them? Well, yes, I would. Uh, where is it you're going to school? Oh, Johnson and Wales. Oh, that's a great school. You know, maybe in the summer you can intern here because we're always interested in having uh, interns. There's always so much work to do in the summer in the kitchens. That was much more likely to happen than get away from me, young person. Okay. But in her mind, she was terrified because her head was full of lies. Her head was full of misinformation. Let's not call them lies. Misinformation exaggerated as to the likelihood of it happening versus the likelihood of so many good things happening. And so what you have to do is say, I know I'm afraid I am not listening to this voice. I am going to step up and see what happens. And if it doesn't go well, at least I stepped up because then I can pat myself on the back and say, I stepped up and I froze and I didn't say a damn thing, but I walked up to him. I walked all the way up to him and I said, hi. And then I walked away because I was so scared, but I walked up. And then the next time you're going to go, hi, I'm going to pastry school. I really love what you did with the desserts. Really? What was your favorite? All of a sudden it starts and then all of a sudden it changes, but you have to step up. You have to hear the voice in your set head and challenge its reality and truth. And until you do that, you will listen to it. It will stop you. It, it, and it's you. Guess what? It's you. You are stopping what happened you. With your what happened to your cousin? Did she, did she, did she eventually step up? No, no, no. Cause I, she was, she, uh, that, that she was recoiling to the point where I couldn't even talk about it. Then I had to talk about it later at the house. Oh I, had to, I had to, I had to say, oh I want you to mine this experience for what could have been so that the next time it doesn't go that way that you say, or he could say, you know, would you like to come back for a tour of the kitchen? Now I've done that with like my, I have a younger nephew who's 14. I do that with him all the time. I'm like his wingman. I take him into his discomfort zone a little bit, but, and then I just, I let him step up. And he, you know, and he watches me and he, and he thinks he's crazy, right? But he realizes that he wants to be that way. And he realizes that the steps that have to happen, and I've, I've gotten him to do stuff where he, where he came back and he told me, and I said, how'd that go, right? I, you know, I said, you need to buy this special gift for this classmate. He was going to a birthday right. party. Right. And I said, I said, if it's not her favorite gift, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Right, if right. it if it is her favorite gift, then you have to lick the carpet. Okay. And he's like, well, I don't want to make that bet. But okay. he comes back in and he's glowing, right? And I said, What happened? And he said, She loved it. She gave me a big hug. It was her favorite gift. And I went, Yes, exactly. I love it. And he did it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm so glad that you, you said that because everybody listening, you're gonna you yourselves may not be Fred's cousin and have a chance to meet with Fred and get get kind of him to ask you that same question or the lady or his cousin with the, the pastry chef, but we're going to have a very unique May 5th, seven o'clock Eastern. We're going to bring Fred back with very first 10 to 12 people who will buy his book 
read it and get to ask them their own questions about their own journey, their own challenges, their own struggles, which is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait to that. All, already got me pumped up. I wish it was May 5th, Fred. I have a question for you. I always like to ask. If you can go back to, to Fred when he was 20 years old, what would you say to him? You are worthy and you belong wherever you want to be. It's a choice. Well so said. step up. That's well said. I, I hope people are listening. I hope they're listening. And I, more importantly, don't just listen. I hope you act. Fred, yeah. this has been unbelievable. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your valuable time. We're going we're gonna to see you again in a couple of months. And we just want to end with this is that from Hustle Branding, it says, apropos to this, whatever you do today, don't be afraid to take a risk and go after what you want. Don't cheat yourself in life. Taking a risk is the only way, only way we can accomplish anything in life. Fred Joyle, I hope I pronounced your name right. If I'm not, <laughs> oh my God, this has been a real ride. It's been an unbelievable ride. Great inspiration for me, at least I know. Thank you so much. It's Have been my pleasure, Myron. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sir. Have a great, great weekend. Really. Sure will. Wonderful. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye-bye.